Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Liz Rochelle. She is from Within the Grove. For the last five years, she's grown her blog and her Instagram and has officially been deemed an influencer, at least by us, if by no one else. Um, and we have loved watching her journey over the last several years. She's a Strategy Academy student, and I've been blown away by everything she's gone on to accomplish. And mostly just for all the personal reasons, wanted to pick her brain about how she's grown this side of her business. Yeah, I feel like every time we talk about bloggers or influencers, it feels like a whole new world, even though we obviously have a blog and Instagram. But I think we talk to you guys, as in our listeners, a lot about, you know, is that a viable strategy? And how can you actually make money from working with Mm -hmm. brands or collaborations or being a quote, unquote, influencer? And what does that look Mm -hmm. like? So Liz kind of uncovers it all. This is her first podcast episode ever. I'm so excited. She kind of gives us a peek behind the curtain from her five years growth of her blog and her business when it became an actual full-time job for her, how many hours she put in until she was felt confident that it could be a financial, a viable financial option for her and her family, and how she kind of works with brands and sponsorships now, how she connects with her people on Instagram and focuses on, you know, how to create amazing projects in her house that she lives in that also serves as getting her family paid. So I feel like this one's a really good little peek behind the curtain behind what's sometimes a really mysterious industry and niche. So thank you, Liz, for coming on the show and being super transparent about your entire brand and business. I hope you guys love this episode. Hey, Liz, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I am personally very excited. So I excited. reached <laughs> I reached out to Liz mostly f- for personal reasons. You know, we use this platform all the time to like this get the dish guys. on the things that I want to know about how people are running their business. But it, in all actuality, our relationship goes back 
years um, and three to four years, something like that. And I have just like watched Liz's business grow and evolve and like take on a life of its own. And it's been so exciting to watch. And I think compared to a lot of our listeners, I mean, I would say the majority of our listeners are in some sort of creative field, but most of them are offering some sort of services or tangible good. Um, But your business is a bit different and that it's a little more influencing, a little more um, partnership collaborations, um, working with brands. And I think there's a lot of people that are fascinated by how that works behind the scenes, but also perhaps interested in how they might bring some of that into an existing business. And they're not really sure how to pivot or like get in the game. So um, I'm excited to chat more about that. But I'd love for you to give us just like a a teeny bit of background and how you started your blog and business and how it's kind of evolved over the last couple of years. Absolutely. So my blog name is Within the Grove and it started back in, oh gosh, 2015. It's already been over five years. It's been a journey. Um, But it started when we bought our first home and we moved to Orlando, Florida. And I actually got surrounded by a lot of bloggers. And it was the first time I knew or realized this was a thing. Like, okay, people blog, but I thought it was more of like journaling you know, Mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, So when we bought our first home and we started renovations, family members and friends were asking a lot of questions. And I thought, you know what, let me just, let me start a blog. That's an easy way to get everything out there. And then fast forward to now, it's involved into my full-time job where I teach others how to renovate their home and decorate their home through showing the process of what I'm doing to my 90s Florida home. (laughs) I love it. It's been so amazing watching your journey. I think I DM'd this with you a couple months ago because you're you're such an amazing, not only creator and business person and just personality to get to know online, but you are also so supportive of so many other makers and coming in hot on my restocks for earrings, which I so appreciate wearing them in your stories, which is so helpful. Uh, But I think it's just so funny watching anyone's creative journey evolve over the years. But when you're also a creative and seeing someone that you love and support who are just doing really cool, amazing things and to see it shift, I think it's really fun to see someone like not only go through that process, but like to see you absolutely loving it on your stories and in your post and like the relationships and brands that you're working with. And I know that there are some people who you know, really like they want something like what you have, right? That Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep using the word influencer, and I mean it in the best way. I know sometimes people mean that in a really negative way, but I first of all, I love being influenced. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I I'm very picky about who influences me, but when you do, I'm in. Like so, I'm here for being influenced. It's one of my favorite things. So, seeing you become that that personality and that blogger and that creative has been really fun. But I think a lot of people, they want that and they're starting their business and they're like, I want the 10K followers. I want the brand Mm -hmm. relationships. I want that influencer status. Could you have even imagined five years ago that like what everything looks like today is what it was going to be? Absolutely not. You know, I shared that with my followers a couple of weeks ago, you know, five years ago, I never even imagined this for myself, even with starting my own blog. And it has evolved so much into what it is now. Like I have so many like pinch me moments, like, is this really what I am doing? 
full time. And I was a kindergarten teacher for eight years. And I resigned from that officially three years ago. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, mm-hmm. would not trade it for the world. What do you think was the shift? Because I think there's, when we're talking about a business like this, a lot of times it starts out as like a hobby or for fun or like a thing you might be doing on the side of something else you're already doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, and then it evolves into actually bringing in financial, like it's impacting your family, you know, like it's becoming a business. So do you think something switched like, in your mindset? Or do you think it was you hit some sort of status that allowed you to unlock something? Like when do you think something turned for you? So when I first started my blog, if you go way back on it, you're going to see recipes, you're going to see craft projects, you're going to see me sharing things to do around Orlando, Florida. So I was a bit all over the place because it was just me kind of sharing like my life and my passions all over the place. So the shift came for me, though, when I had my son and through teaching, I was able to take a year off where they would hold my job. And I looked at my husband and I said, you know what? I said, I am going to give myself a year to start turning my blog into profit for our family. And if I can reach this certain goal, then the second year that I can take for leave, I'm going to set a second goal. And if I meet it then, then I'm going to resign and do this full time. And so that was the shift for me, just being able to truly do what I love and to be able to stay home with my son. And in a way, still use my education degree. I'm just using it in a different avenue at this point. So what are some action steps that you took for that first year game plan in order to turn it into a profitable business? So the first year was just to see if I could make money from this. And I remember my very first blog post where I got paid, I got paid $150 to write a blog post. But you know, starting out when you have 3000 followers, if I even had that on Instagram, I was getting maybe 500 views a month on my blog. Like that was a big deal to me. That was huge. Um, And then from there, I kept pushing myself more and more. And by the second year, I told Ryan, I was like, let's not use your money to pay the bills. Let's take what I am earning from my business, from my blog to see if it is financially smart for me to walk away from education. And the only way to do that was to use my money to rely on it. You know, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think some people, myself included, and it's funny because you're the beginning of your story and the beginning of my story are actually very similar. The biggest difference is that you pulled on to like the house stuff and I pulled on to the business strategy, but literally we started our blog around the same time. I was talking about literally everything under the sun and I just paid attention to what Mm -hmm. people wanted to hear about. And it happened to be business development and strategy and marketing and sales and not home renovation. She had like a blueberry crumble recipe on there when I did. It's so good too. (laughs) My friend Heather guest blog for my whatever. Anyway, (laughs) not the point I'm making. I think people sometimes have a hard time. Okay. I, I can get the first blog, but like, how do you grow it enough to like have it be sustainable and I think they get caught up on some of these numbers around followers and traffic. Mm-hmm. And I know those are super important, but like, how do you find the balance of 
focusing on it because it's important to your growth, right. but like not getting caught up in whatever number it is. You know? I know getting up caught up in the whole numbers game, it's hard. You know, I call it the numbers game and also the comparison game because, you know, when you're on social media, you're constantly looking at what other people are doing. And so my biggest thing has just been kind of keeping my head in my lane, but also creating that network and community of people around me that can uplift me as well that are with it from the business side of things. Um, and for me, like the turning point was really narrowing down my niche, because like I said, I did everything under the sun, I felt like. And when we moved into our second home, I thought I really need, if I'm going to take this seriously, I need to really zone in on one thing that I can present really, really well and be very passionate about. And for me, that was home. It was the home and DIY side of things. So once I focused in on that specific niche, the followers came and it took a while. It took a, it took a while for it to go off. Um, but that's, that's just kind of what has done it for me is just doing what I love, keeping that in mind. And the rest of, has just kind of fallen into place with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about of your Instagram strategy? Because that's, that's where you are. Yes, you blog and you're directing mm-hmm. people to your blog for, you know, here's more links or here's more behind the scenes stuff or whatever. But people find you from Instagram. I'm assuming that's your, is that your biggest traffic source still? And, and that is my biggest traffic source. It's my biggest engagement. It's my biggest community. Um, yeah, there are even, you know, some people where even though I will talk about it daily, they still don't realize I have a blog because they are strictly there for right. Instagram. That's mm-hmm. where they like to hang out. This year alone has been phenomenal with my growth. Yeah, I believe at the beginning of the year, I started off around 34,000. And now I'm what, where am I? Am yeah, I at I'm around? You're almost at 90, I think. Yeah, I think I'm almost at 90,000. And the only thing that I can think of with what has changed this year to other years is that I have been very, very consistent with showing up on Instagram stories. So if you go to my feed, you're going to see a very curated feed. And, you know, that's kind of like my magazine area mm-hmm. where I showcase all of my projects and everything. But over in stories is where you see the hot mess of the projects going on and where I invite people to be a part of that community. And that has just been a game changer for me this year, just getting people into my Instagram stories. Yeah, I think the great debate that Emily and I have been having as of late is trying to strike a balance of staying in your lane and talking Mm -hmm. about your area of expertise, but also like humanizing that you're a multi-passionate person and you have other things going on. And I've seen quite a few people come to us and say, well, I love seeing all the other things, but I've noticed the moment you stray too far away from Mm -hmm. your main topic that growth slows down and like your engagement may drop off. I'm curious because your feed and your stories are almost exclusively DIY content. Mm -hmm. And like, do you occasionally see your son? Yes, but usually only in the context of you're working on a project. It's not like, oh, and I'm also you know, going to Chick-fil-A with him or whatever. Right. So right. how, how do you think that's affected you? And like, is it hard to keep it so targeted? Cause I would 
I think I would be in a constant battle personally. It it's very hard um, because I mean, truth is like, I can't work on a DIY project every single day. And right. the other truth to it is, is that life happens. I, I have doctor's appointments. I've got to take Oliver to school, you know, things are happening. And so there is that pressure of, okay, what can I share today? That is DIY home related. What can I pull together? But I also know like when that starts to happen, I need to take a step back. And that's where kind of like I create boundaries for myself. So I might not be as present on Instagram stories that day because what will happen if I start to share other things outside of the DIY and home because of how I have presented to my audience for so long, my engagement does drop off. Um, I will lose followers if I go outside of it. So if I don't have anything home related to share, I just might be a little quieter that day. But it's tough. It's tough because you know me, I love to talk. (laughs) well and I think what maybe makes it exciting too is like I think in the DIY and I mean maybe this is just true for anyone but like in the DIY world like you have so many different projects and Mm -hmm. I think you are you do a really good it it doesn't feel overwhelming and you also show like a lot of projects that are you're doing at the same time basically and you're like walking them through your followers through like every every kind of step of the process of being an actual homeowner. And like, mm-hmm. we're thinking still mm-hmm. about the fence and then the laundry room and then this, you know, w- over here. So I think that that part kind of mixes it up, not only for you, but also for your audience. But I can only imagine like, especially this year where, you know, you, everyone could go off the rails and start talking about meal planning or <laughs> virtual learning or literally whatever. Not that anything's wrong with those things, but like right. it, it could impact your, your audience and their growth and what they're there for. Yeah. So do you have an outlet for yourself somewhere else to share all the other things? Or do you just kind of like text your friends and family, those (laughs) kinds of things? So yeah, I have like an amazing support team with friends and family where I do have those outlets. And typically towards the end of the day, you know, I kind of keep in mind like the nine to five. Yeah. So to so to speak, so with Instagram stories, you really don't see me on there at night. And then I have created boundaries for myself where most weekends I take off. Like I'm not touching social media. You're not seeing me on there because I do need that outlet for myself personally to be able to go out and do other things and not have to worry about, okay, what can I post on stories? What can I be creating for the content on my blog? So that has been huge for me this year with setting those boundaries. And it kind of, I guess you could say, fills my bucket with all yeah. those other things that aren't DIY home related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to know in terms of your planning, because I, I think a lot of people just do stories in the moment. They're just making them happen as things go on in their mm-hmm. business. Um, but I find with you, there's definitely a balance of you can tell you're like, actively working on something versus maybe you had to batch prep something for a a partner or Mm -hmm. it's a longer project and you knew you couldn't like realistically share all of it within a couple of days. And so you needed to work on it a long time ago and whatever. So what, how do you organize that? Are you planning out content pretty far in advance? Are you like, what's your system around that? So it's really interesting with what I do, especially working with brands and doing collaborations, because if I, if a brand comes to me, for example, and they say, you know, we have this product, how can you incorporate it in your home? 
that's, that's when I go and like, okay, what project can I complete? And those are the ones that you're going to see on my calendar. Those are the ones that are really thoughtfully being planned out. And when I look at my content calendar and I say, okay, I have this, this, and this project this month with these brands, then I'm going in and filling in between those projects. And to be honest with you, sometimes I could be waking up on Monday morning. I'm like, I feel like doing this today. Let, yeah. Let's go tackle this. And then other times it is planned out to where, okay, I know that this project will take me two to three days. This is the perfect filler between these two other projects. And then like you said, Abigail, sometimes there's projects where I start them and I'm like, oh, I didn't have enough time to finish that. So we're going to continue this on later in the month. So as far as planning out my content, it's it's probably being completely transparent and honest here. It's probably one of my weaker areas where I feel like I could be better with. Um, but it's also hard because you're working on your home. So there's yeah. things that just come up that mm-hmm. you're like, I can tackle this. And then when brands approach you, it's like, wow, I never even thought about doing this to my home. So let's yeah. just go ahead and do that now. Yeah. Sure. I want to touch on that mostly just for mental headspace a little bit of where like, mm-hmm. you know, as a creative, I've now successfully turned two to at least three things that I love into a business where then, okay, n- this thing that used to be maybe a hobby for me mm-hmm. or used to just be a passion project, I now get paid for. And one of them is my full-time job here. And another one is a pretty big side hustle. How, but I don't live in those spaces. I can close my studio door and right. I can go into the rest of my house and be in my house and it's messy or I need to work on this or I need to work on that. Your business is your house. Mm-hmm. How, does that affect your mental headspace and what are some kind of things, boundaries, I guess, or, or ways to think about it that maybe our listeners could take? Right, away? right. It does get tough, especially with the year that we've had in 2020, because I yeah. went from working from home and my son going to school to now my son's home and my husband's still working from home full time. So we're all at home. So even those spaces that I could go off to and escape to when I did need that headspace, I really don't have right now. So what I will do, I will make time with my girlfriends. You know, that's when that weekend comes into play. Or sometimes to be honest with you, I say, you know what? I need to go get my car and I just need to ride around for a good 10 minutes and just and just get a mental break from everything. But it is tough. It's tough when you work in your home and your home is your business, but you live here. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. tough. So it, yeah. it, it's definitely a struggle. It's a balance that I'm constantly checking myself with and I'm having my husband check in with me too. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it's set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I've found this to be true with in my wellness business, like uh, for a hot minute, and I'm just doesn't make sense for my life right now. I was developing recipes pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And as you may not realize, when you're creating content that requires you to purchase things like Mm -hmm. purchasing food, our grocery bill almost doubled on a weekly basis because I was trying to create beautiful things and like put content out there. And at least at that scale, I wasn't getting paid to do it. So I can only imagine with it being your home and it's a balance of you want your home this way because you live there, but Mm -hmm. also you're trying to create content. Have you figured out a good way to budget like how this is a business expense versus you live there and so it's your home, you know? It is a conversation that my husband and I, we have on a, we have it monthly because it is hard because, you know, you automatically think, okay, well, if we're going to do this on our home, then it needs to be a business expense. And then I've had the conversation, well, if I was a food blogger or a lifestyle blogger, we wouldn't be taking my, you know, business expenses business money to be doing things on the home. Um, But what I have kind of wrapped my mind around and our second home has has been 
what has launched my business because of all the things that we can do with this home. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I know that the more that I invest from my business, think of it from that standpoint, the more my business is going to grow. So from personal expenses, we may not be able to afford this project, but if I approach it from my business side, I can, and this is how we can benefit from it. So that's kind of how we balance it out. Of course, like if we're going to Lowe's and we're like our disposal broke, like we're not using my business expenses for it. Um, But that's kind of how we approach it. And I, you know, from a brand sponsorship standpoint, this might be going totally off the left field with what you're asking me. (laughs) It's, um, it's a fine balance. Like if I have a brand that comes in and they're like, we want to, okay. So for example, I worked with Stainmaster. They put flooring throughout our entire home. And I know that that is, we're very thankful for that. That is a huge sponsorship to have. So for me to balance that out and to stay authentic and to stay relatable with my audience, when we painted the outside of our home, I thought, you know, I could pitch to a a paint company, but I want to do this on my own to show people how they can do it on a budget and to show that not everything is sponsored, that we're still as a family paying for things on our home. Yeah. I think finding that balance is is super crucial, and I I love that it's top of mind for you. I there are mm-hmm. uh, there are so many obviously accounts out there of, of home and DIY and renovations and whatever, and there have been a lot that have kind of made the trans- transition as they've grown to be way less relatable than they were when they mm-hmm. started. And it, it's not a bad thing. It's a, you're going there then for a different energy or a different creative expectation. Right. As the follower, you kind of need to adjust your expectations. I don't think it's fair to to put a, a DIY blogger in that bucket forever because maybe three years from now, it'll be a completely different version for you guys. And if you sell this home or move somewhere else, like maybe it will be entirely sponsored, like a huge big Absolutely. project or whatever. Right. I, I love that everyone has a freedom to do that. And I, I do love the immense relatability that you've been able to integrate into your stories and your feeds. I think there are so many... Just the inspiration that comes from like, literally, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but like, oh, I can tackle that or I can do this or my house deserves for me to spend money on it or care what the outside looks like or whatever. And I think any sort of those mental shifts like bleeding out into your audience is is really nice to have and you do it really well. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's amazing to witness too, from the follower side, getting those messages and having those conversations with them, with them feeling empowered. And I think that's what I continue to go back to. Um, of course, you know, growth, you want it because it's your business and you want to see growth. Um, but I try not to focus on it when I'm presenting content because I want to stay authentic to myself. And yeah. I always keep in mind of why I started this. And, you know, five years ago, we couldn't afford new furniture. So we were building furniture. So at the at the base of majority of our projects too, is just making it budget friendly. And I don't want to lose sight of that because that's the community that I've built with my followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I respect that. So I want to touch a little bit more on sponsorships and brands. And mm-hmm. so I know this conversation will be specific for people who are interested in pursuing that, but I would love to kind of hear like, 
if if you could break it down into phases, if if there's like a three phase to this of like what did sponsorships and working with brands first look like? You talked about your $150 sponsored blog. Post. <laughs> yeah. What did that look like? What was the next kind of phase? And then where are you at now? So when I first started, it was going on to what I call like middleman companies where you have a company where the brand has gone to and said, hey, can you help us find bloggers, influencers? And you kind of pitch yourself on these websites. So that I, that's what I was doing. They're like, we have this product. I would pitch it and then I would be accepted. And that was where my first $150 came yeah. from. And then as the years you know, continued, it transitioned to, I need to pitch myself. If I want to get these bigger opportunities and I you know, want to start charging more, I kind of need to go out on my own and start pitching myself. And so you know, for me, that just looks like, you know, what project do I have coming up? What product can I use within that project? These are the three companies that I can email. And now with where I am, I have brands pitching to me more than me pitching out to brands. And, you know, there's a huge negotiation stage now. And I feel like with my experience and the growth and everything, I'm much more comfortable with those negotiations back and forth. Whereas before you saw... I was like, I'll take $150. Or they're just like, I'll, I'll send you this thing for free. And then you just tag oh, us. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> and then, you know, that still happens about 10 times a day. Yeah. I, oh, bet I can it imagine. Does. They're like, you want this? Well, and I sometimes as a follower, you see stuff like that happen. You're like, you didn't disclose anything, but that, did that just to show up at your door? Like, I don't think you bought, and I, I could say something, but I feel like I would call someone out and I yeah, don't want to do that. that. That's not the kind of person I am. So, um, I don't know. I've really respected it. And I think maybe part of the reason it is such a, it's so different to watch is the majority mm. of our audience is working B2B and, in a unique way. And it's kind of different because you're, you're B2B with your partnerships, like you're negotiating, mm -hmm. but ultimately you're talking to an end consumer mm -hmm. and it's just how you operate on a day-to-day -day basis is just a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I, I find the whole industry really fascinating. Yeah. If, if someone was looking for some of those resources, like where, where to find where do you pitch yourself to? Uh -huh. What agencies do you reach out to? Is there Facebook groups you found helpful? Maybe for that starting or middle phase kind of person. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm part of a few Facebook groups and it's bloggers that I have gotten to know and it's the business side of blogging. And within those groups, we share contacts. So I know that if I want to pitch a certain company, I go in there and say, hey, does anybody have a contact for this company? Now, if, th if they don't, you know, I'm going on LinkedIn, I'm going on to Instagram. And the, one of the biggest things that has helped me is just following a brand on Instagram and engaging with their content and eventually, not right away, but eventually sending them a message on Instagram. And I'm not pitching myself on there. It's, hi you know, I'm Liz from within the Grove. I'd love to work with you guys. Is there a person that I can get in touch with to pitch myself? And that's where I do like the formal email and everything. Um, but you know, you have LinkedIn, you have social media, and then you have your fellow bloggers or influencers, business people that you can turn to and find what you need to find. Basically it's, it's yeah. out there for you. 
Yeah. Make, yeah. make those connections. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you. I was like having a hard time. I was like, what am I trying to say in this last part? But yes, talk making your connections. <laughs> right. I love that. So um definitely don't need to give dollar amounts, but I want I want to give our follower our listeners just an idea of the transition of hours that you think that you put in, time that mm-hmm. you put in until it this business did officially like replace your teacher salary or provide you literally guys Mm -hmm. like a second income that was financially viable for your family. How long did that take? Oh goodness. So we'll start when I took my first year when, when I had my son, I was probably spending 40 to 50 hours a week working on my content and getting you know, paid to do what I do. And I hustled hard for about three to four years. And that's what I tell people all the time. It doesn't happen overnight. It is a lot of hard work. And even now I probably put in 40 to 50 hours a week. I'm staying up till two o'clock in the morning to make sure things are done. I'm getting up early. Um, So to really get comfortable and to replace my income, it probably took me about three years. And it's something that I'm still continuing to stay on top of and to continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I I want you guys to hear that, right? I feel like so often, you know, students in our, in our programs or members and even just audience members, I think it's, it's so enticing, right? To be that person Mm -hmm. who gets paid to do what you post on Instagram. And that is just the tip of the iceberg of the work and the hustle that you put in behind the scenes. And I, the, the, I hope you got like 40 to 50 hours a week. Like I think so many of us picture growing like a blog as, you know, something I can just blog at night and I, mm-hmm. my post is going to go viral and then these people are going to sponsor me and then I'm going to get ad revenue or whatever scenario that we're building up in our heads. And I think until you guys, no matter what your business is, whether it's influencer DIY or none of this, right? If, if you're not putting in that time initially to set up a foundation that can grow, it's not going to grow. Absolutely. Yes, did, no. it, <laughs> did it all, did it ever feel like a gamble to you? Like, is this going to be worth it? Should I bother? Like, I, I feel like, I feel like the give up rate would be really high for something like this. It was very, very scary. And I remember there was at one point my husband was like, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, he's always been supportive. Um, but, you know, it was also scary for him because you think I went to school for four years to become a teacher. Yeah. And now I'm like, ta-da, Bye. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have that drive in me to where I will not give up. Even if it does mean I fail, I'm going to fail trying my hardest. And so I think with that mentality, it just kept me going. And just the little bit of success for me, I I need to look up my anagram. I've never done that before. I need to. Sorry, Abigail, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been trying to type you this whole episode and I don't know. It's uh, I need to do it because, you know, I you give me a little bit and I get so excited. So basically just a little bit of success for me is enough to keep me going and going and going. Um, so yeah. 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 You can get glimmers, you know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, this could work or I can see how this could grow. And I like anything else, I think your expectations change over time. Just like that first $150 at the time, I can imagine that that was like 
so Amazing. incredibly exciting and it yes. felt really validating. But like, if you got the same pitch now, you'd be like, LOL, no. no. <laughs> but, um, right. But that's because your expectation shifted with your business and with your growth. And I think that's mm-hmm. totally normal and natural. Oh, um, I was going to ask about teams real quick. Are you still a one woman shop? I am still a one woman shop. And I remember talking to Abigail about this. Um, I'll never forget that. So I was like, hey, I got your message. I'm so sorry. And she told me, she's like, you need to get a virtual assistant. And yeah, that was yeah. what, a year ago? Yeah. <laughs> that you told me no, that? I, at this point, I mean, I love you, but I just like, if I have a question, like, I'm just not even going to bother DMing you. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. it's just, you get so many messages. And uh-huh. so I, I try to like be picky and choosy and then I'll just text Wait you. But to say something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I watch every day mm-hmm. and I engage on your posts whenever I see them. I swipe up when I need to. Exactly. (laughs) You guys are awesome. (laughs) Um, But it's been, it's just really cool to like, because whether people realize this or not, like you took our program several years ago Mm -hmm. and like you're a student of ours. And then I feel like we only can take you so far and then you have to like grow and do your own thing and learn all your own lessons and whatever. But it's just, I've been so proud and I by no means feel responsible for any of your <laughs> success, of this. <laughs> but I, I, it's still cool that it may be somewhere along the way. I maybe influence something. No, absolutely. Because, you know, when you first start out, um, you don't know which way to go with things. You don't know the right way. You don't know how to approach brand. You don't know how to show up on social media. So it is constantly learning and, that's my thing too. I'm still constant, a constant learner. I'm always, always, always educating myself. But you know, especially when you're first starting out, like I took your course and it's like, you take in everything that you can, because if you want to succeed, you need to know, you need to know what to do and where to go next. And, um, you guys have like, I can't thank you enough. Like, you know, I told you earlier about how when I showed up in a magazine and your picture was right next to mine, I, I had like a fangirl moment. I was like, oh, I've taken their course and they're helping me and we're right next to each other in this magazine. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you're fun. pretty amazing. And I, I try to remind myself on the daily because I think it's easy when you see someone else like take off. It's hard to like differentiate yourself. You're like, well, she all of a sudden had 80,000 followers and like, can we still be friends? And (laughs) I don't know if she likes me anymore. (laughs) You guys are too funny. We follow each other on our personal accounts. I mean, come on now. Yeah, Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. (laughs) All right. Well, I would love to head into talk strategy to me. And if our listeners are just like, yes, okay, yes, maybe my brand isn't exactly, you know, DIY, but if I'm wanting Mm -hmm. to create something a little bit outside of the box, wanting to blog, wanting to grow that Instagram presence, Mm -hmm. what are three to five steps that they can think about or that they can actually implement maybe in the next 30 days to kind of start that trajectory for them? Absolutely. So my overall strategy goes back to education because that's my background. Like I said, I was a kindergarten teacher for eight years. So that's kind of the lens on how I view my business. And to break it down into those three steps, It's literally breaking your content down into digestible bites, no matter what you are presenting, if it's on social media, if it's on your blog, if you have a product, 
that you're presenting to people. And you always want to think of presenting it with a beginning, middle, and end. Kind of like how when you take a course, for example, you may know 75% 75 of what was presented in that course, but there's that 25% where you walked away like, wow, I didn't know that. And that's because it was presented to you in a way that was a beginning, middle, and end. And so you want to think of that with your content when you present it to your followers. The second thing is to share with the mindset of never assume that everybody knows everything or what yeah. you are specifically yeah, talking I, about. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> no, what you say? What you? no, I'm just like, this is probably my single handed, the, the thing I'm the worst at <laughs> in every aspect of my life. Like I am always just walking around like, of course people know how to put this together or how you to fix this or how to with me in the middle of a sentence. And I'm like, okay, what are you even talking about? First of all, no <laughs> context. Hold on. What? Context. No, but especially uh, when you're trying to grow social media, like mm-hmm. assume nothing and just exactly teach. <laughs> exactly. Even with the simplest things. And even if you have said it, what feels like 500 million uh-huh. times, say it again, because there's going to be someone out there where it's going to be an aha moment. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I need to know more from this person. What else does she have for me? Or mm-hmm. he, she or he. Yeah. Um, because they want to learn. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when you share, you know, you just you give and you give some more. And yeah. so that's been and a lot of that with me too, it goes back to teaching five years old, five-year-olds. I had to go in there like, they don't know anything and I have to teach them everything. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of translated over into my business. And then that leads to my third step is to be the student. Even though you are viewed in the, viewed as the expert in the field that you are in, don't ever stop learning. And with Mm -hmm. learning comes listening, which means you need to also listen to your audience. Yes. So many thoughts, so many emotions. <laughs> Want to like do a million things, be like you when I grew up. It's all, it's, it's all good. I, Can I hang uh, out with you? <laughs> yes, please come to visit. I now have way too many square feet in my new house, and definitely a bed with your name on it is going I to be there. I am your stories. It's so exciting. Oh, it's a little bit much. It's a little terrifying, but we'll we'll get there day at a time. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us online. And I loved having you on the show. Obviously, people need to go follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But where, where, A, where is that? And then um, where else should they hang out with you? So Instagram is at Within the Grove. All my social channels are at Within the Grove. Um, my blog is withinthegrove.com. Instagram is a really fun place to hang out to see the behind the scenes. And you're going to look at me like this girl is a hot mess. How is this going to come together? And it magically does. It It magically does. (laughs) Um, And, you know, in the blog, you know, you're going to find the whole history of my five years all the way back to my recipes. I love (laughs) it. Liz, thank you so much for being here. This was so great. Thank you for having me, guys. This, This was awesome. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics, we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.
C-O-O-P.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.